0: Good day. Welcome to the Sage and Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Raju Mandian and this is episode number 21 with a very special guest all the way from India. Our special guest is now a retired chairman of one of the largest public sector, sector banks from India. And today he's retired an author and a consultant. But back in the day, he flipped around his ba- bank, his public sector bank, from a sleeping giant into a very active, dynamic giant. At that time, during his times, and this is in the history books, there were 3,000 branches and 40,000 employees. And let's hear from our guest today, Dr. Anil Khandelwal on how he flipped this bank around to become profitable, high-performing, and one of the most respected banks today in India. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Dr. Anil Khandelwal to the and
1: Guy podcast.
2: Namaskar Anil Thank you, Raju. Thank you for this opportunity.
1: Oh, my pleasure. My
2: pleasure. Very glad uh, to be on this podcast. Ji yes, sir. Uh, well, uh, this is the story of two between 2005 and 2008 uh, in Bank of Aurora. It has always been one of the very progressive banks of India, Jesus. and between 2000 to 2004, it started sliding uh, forces of competition, many private banks had come. Yeah. And uh, somehow, you know, great organizations uh, always suffer from a disease, what I, what I call the collective conspiracy for complacency. Say that again, sir. Collective the collective conspiracy for complexity. Right, right, okay. The great organization people believe we are doing very well. Everything is wonderful. What is the problem? And I tell you, traditionally, CEOs and top management do not like to share the real story, lest people may get demotivated. they always keep building castles on sandy foundation. That Gee. everything is wonderful, we are very great, yeah and i I had to tell the reality to people. Jesus, the bank had come down from number one position in the next life sector to number four position,
1: yeah,
2: and it was <coughs> sliding. it was Sorry. sliding, and you know little thought would have put bank down mm-hmm. so after I took over on first March two thousand and five, the first thing I did was. To go around the country had several town hall sessions what i called manager to messenger programs okay i would go to a large city let us say like delhi or chennai and invite all the people from manager to messengers they will yeah. be 1,000, they they'll be 2000 will some right. 500 right. and i designated these town halls as listening town halls Wow. So I, I was very aware when a top executive goes, there is an obsession to talk. There's an obsession to share that things are not good journeys and you got to work very hard. Otherwise, that I, I think uh, 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 that's not done. I thought, let me hear from people. First of all, do they know where are we? So yeah. I made first presentation about the bank and they were quite shocked. The bank is coming down, bank was coming down and uh, things were not as bright as they thought that we were Mm. always a great bank and then I invited uh, uh, from them, what do they feel and many of them told that, look here, that uh, we don't have technology, we have our technology is getting slow, it is not Mm. getting introduced Mm -hmm. and how private banks have take in the space and how customers are demanding newer and modern products which bank is not offering. Right. I was talking about and collecting all this agenda. We knew yeah. many of these things, yet to hear this from the perspective of employees right. was a kind of seeking their engagement yeah. and their insights. I always believe that the wisdom is in the field. Wisdom is not in the corporate office. In corporate office, there are ideas, there is a talent, but the insightful wisdom about customers is in the ground.
1: The the wisdom about
2: wisdom is with the rank of file who deal with customers on daily basis Hundreds and thousands when they say you don't have this product or this product is not working or a competitor's bank has provided this, which you don't have. So, believe me, the kind of wisdom that I got that, wow. And back home, you know, in the large organizations, one of the biggest problem is internal bureaucracy
1: absolutely okay. internal
2: hierarchy right right siloed working right and everyone defending the turf of their you know what we call turf wars right. in the corporate office so i introduce what i call a crucible for change crucible for change so it's daily morning meeting from 9:30 to 10:30 right in this daily morning meeting I invited all the general managers at that time, 20 of them, one or two advisors.
1: Yeah.
2: And it was an agenda-less meeting. Wow. I changed the narrative. The narrative of bankers is what are our deposits, what is our credit, why this is not happening, why that is not happening, what is our low-cost deposit. I changed the narrative. I said no. Fabulous. We We discuss on daily basis the problems of different departments that are obfuscating the collective working of the bank.
1: So, when, Ajit, I, so when may, I.
0: May I quickly uh, just get what year was this and what city were you in as the head of this? Bombay. And this was what year? Uh, 2005. Okay, wow. After the 90s economic uh, growth yes, in India. Yes. Okay, after that, okay.
1: Yeah.
2: So, in the morning meeting, for example, I'm back from a town hall, let us say from Delhi.
1: Yeah. And
2: I would come and share what kind of ideas have come in town hall, what we can implement fast, yeah. what is the relevance of the issues that have been raised. Yeah. And slowly, slowly, one good thing is that all general managers, irrespective of their silos they were discussing the bank right?
1: right right
2: silo means a general manager credit will be concerned about his credit portfolio general yeah. manager recovery will be concerned about his portfolio right but in this discussion everyone participated to discuss the future
1: of the bank L- as com- to how common, yeah. common
2: as yeah. to how as to how to build the bank hmm. how to bring in new technology Hmm. How to deal with the kind of customer complaints that are being talked about? Yeah. And how to? So first of all is that there was collective synergy coming in because of the open dialogues. Because of the open dialogue and with yeah. and, and, and 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 without immediateness of uh, you know the 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 business as to what is happening tomorrow, yeah. what is happening in the next. Uh, one month and all that i i said let us put the ladder right once Ji. the ladder is put right we can climb yeah. the
0: fabulous mountain. yeah
2: but if our ladder is you know rickety correct then we cannot meet our target. so uh, there are several
1: examples
2: where i went to one town hall and one yeah. young young lady told me sir we don't seem to have a car loan policy. And I gave her a valid explanation that, look here, some of the private banks, the way they are doing car loans, I don't think we can compete with them. And at this point of time, this is not our policy. She gave me insight I can never forget. He said, sir, ex-customer whose total accounts are with us, including SSI, small-scale industries, family, everything, are we not throwing him for the car loan into the lap of a private bank. And with their smartness, the chances are they can entice him the total account. I was flabbergasted. We never thought this way. So when I came to Bombay in the morning meeting, we discussed, and in 45 minutes, we took the decision that to begin with, we will open car loan for our existing customers. So this is how the wisdom was coming from the field. And we were trying to take quick decisions. So, right. one thing is no internal bureaucracy, better coordination right. and quick decision making. Yeah. And in our circular giving credit to this young lady who pointed out this. So, the employee will take my town hall seriously that look, this gentleman comes, talks to us, takes our suggestion seriously and implements. Yeah. So, it's wow. an integrated framework of employee engagement.
1: Right, right. These
2: are not esoteric. That these are not symbolic,
1: yeah.
2: that these are not merely tokenism, uh, that here is a total, uh, uh, you know, uh, taking employees on board and their ideas. And, and likewise, they will say that our loan against the property, our limit is that we will give only 50 lakhs and will take property two times, while other banks have increased this loan up to one crore. So, how can mm-hmm. we compete? We changed mm-hmm. our policy. So the wisdom is in the field from there, I bought out this leadership right, role. Right, right, right. The wisdom is in the field respect. Right.
0: Question, question. Uh, yeah. the, I mean, I love what I'm hearing. I absolutely yeah. love that you began to take in the worst of the people and you began to implement policies and that insight that if you do not provide a customer a whole package of services and somebody else takes them away just for a bit, we can lose the whole business. And you can lose one client at a time and be left with nothing. Uh, being a public sector bank in two thousand four and uh, in, the, in a country like India, were there any administrative uh, laws that you had to follow that were different from public, from private banks, and did these
2: hamper you? Of course, public sector means uh, yeah. compared to private sector that there is a much much more accountability. Right, right. Accountability to government, to public, anything going wrong can be raised in the parliament. Yeah. First is concept of accountability. Second thing, transparency and openness. Right. I cannot just hire a consultant. I have to issue a tender and I have to follow follow all the procedure to ensure to ensure that I have not uh, Uh, picked and chosen a friend of mine and given him or her the assignment. So, there is a public accountability in public
1: sector.
2: Right. There are obviously constraints in terms of recruitment, which is highly standardized. through a common uh, uh, advertisement for entire public sector banks, you recruit people. There is a standardization of wages and service conditions. Right. a, A person in all the public sector banks Get yeah. the same pay packet. You can't motivate by way of a single penny more.
1: Correct, correct. So correct.
2: with all these constraints,
1: yeah,
0: how do you deliver? How do you work? How do you work like a private businessman? How do yes. you work
2: like an entrepreneur? Yes, but my own experience in the bank is that if you can reach out to the heart of a person, fabulous. That person. Gives his or her lifetime commitment to the fact.
0: They step and, out of their skin. Yeah.
2: And that is why I always say that passion is above competence. You can buy competence on a shelf, <laughs> but it is your leadership that should trigger passion. Amazing. Amazing.
0: Amazing. How many years, or how long, if not years, months, how many years did it take for you? to flip it around from whatever the performance level of Bank of Baroda was in 2004. And when did you think that, okay, we have uh, crossed several milestones towards our rotation? May I ask you that question? That's
2: a a very good question. Uh, See, in public sector, another thing is our tenure is limited. My tenure was three years as the chairman of the as board. the chairman of the board and the bank CEO come right, right. I was executive chairman yeah and it comes to if you remove Saturday Sunday holidays to put it <laughs> dramatically it was in nine hundred working days okay and in nine hundred working days we because at the end of the day whatever you may do a good HR good leadership if it does not show up in the business it is yeah. all esoteric. it's all esoteric
1: Yeah, it's all talk. It's all talk. Yeah.
2: So in three years time, we doubled the business of the bank. What did in 97 years, what bank did in 97 years, we did in 900 working days. The size of the bank was doubled. That is one.
1: Second thing is. Excuse me.
0: I saw somewhere, I think uh, in, in, in your second book. Yeah. Which one was uh, CEO, CEO Chess Master? Or chess gardener. Master or Garden. I love that title fabulously. Yeah. And there was a performance of the bank. And after that, it grew phenomenally because yeah. I looked at it from the year 2004. It jumped up a notch. And then after that, it began to peak up. And several peaks after that. That means after you were gone, the impact of that flip around lasted many years.
1: Today, Bank of
2: Baroda. Remains one of the most prime brand uh, in the India's public sector. Most prime brand, top-notch technology. Two big banks are merged into this. Right. It, has, it has now over nine thousand branches and over hundred thousand employees. Wow! And yeah. uh, so you can imagine that the, back, the, the 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 resilience of the bank, the solidity of the bank. Yeah. it has it has not been in ever any scam uh, uh, banking industry known for you know anything can happen in right. terms of financial scam so it has been a very clean bank and right. i must say that it is all created by the passion of people uh, raju i like to take a little bit more onto please uh, please lest this whole thing looks a little romantic yeah uh, that How deep one needs to go into the people side of the organization?
0: Please, sir, uh, tell me about it. I'm interested.
2: 40,000 employees across 3,000 branches. Yeah. At that time, technology was not as uh, uh, advanced. Advanced as today. Yeah. How do you really reach out to people? From my experience, long experience in the human resource function. Gee. In fact, I came from HR stream and it was a first case in Indian banking industry where the head of HR becomes CEO of the bank.
1: Yeah,
2: I was not a career banker.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. You were so a people I, person.
2: Yeah, I had to learn and deliver simultaneously. But my only craft that I had learned was people. Yeah. So some of the programs that we launched were and I thought, in such a large organization, what does happen if an employee has a life and death problem? Where does he go? So yeah. I start. I started actually three programs for people. One was Sampark, that means contact Chairman's helpline. Right. Forty thousand employees in a life and death problem could reach out to Chairman's office with a guaranteed 24-hour decision to problem. Like a 911, like yes. a 911 emergency number. Yes, yes. Okay. Posters were kept in the branches where we defined what kind of issues, life and death issues can be, not ordinary transfers, ordinary problem, but these are the things which really is impacting you, like your father has got a heart attack or a mother is suffering from cancer or something That's else right. has happened. Right, right. Was I tell you the game changer? Hmm. I found that the kind of problems that were coming to me at one stage I thought, Am I heading a large family or am I heading an organization? And the first problem you will be surprised came from a place where an officer told he wants a temporary transfer of three months to Delhi. Hmm. Reason. His twenty-four year-old year son had died in car accident in New York.
1: Yeah.
2: Now the processes are very important. I not didn't simply pass order for transfer.
1: Yeah. I
2: talked to that person twenty minutes.
1: Yeah.
2: And offered him to fly to New York at bank's cost to bring the body or anything.
1: Yeah. yeah. He said, yeah. "No,
2: sir. Everything has happened. My family is distraught. I want to go to Delhi." Accompanied with an officer. I delivered him in Delhi and instead of three months, I gave him three years transfer. As negative news travels fast, positive news also travels fast and long.
0: Faster, it travels faster.
2: And some of these decisions which impacted people right deep at their mental and heart level was the game changer. When I was going to subsequent uh, Uh, Town halls, I had a policy to shake hands with every single person and time was budgeted, two hours, three hours, only shaking hands. Now, that was the time people were cried. Sir, you help me on that. My problem is solved. And then say, they will say, sir, don't worry.
0: Which in English
2: means that we will give our life. To save the bank say sir don't worry him and that was the turning point that this collective promise of people really created the bank that we
1: have today
0: wow fabulous sir so uh so wait uh you are going to tell me two other things that you did beyond some work,
1: no yeah
0: and there's probably learning in this for bankers today or not just bankers today but heads of corporation Heads of large corporations. Now. Uh, one thing that you were about to talk to me was about how do you reach out for, to 40,000 people in the year 2004 when there was no Facebook or WhatsApp or email the way it is now? There was not so much social media. What was your uh, platform or method to be able to, besides the phone calls, what, how were you able to? Besides now,
2: two things two things one is every single month yeah yeah i will send a communication to 40000 employees directly addressed dear raju dear shantilal dear anil kumar computers by that time had made it possible to write okay emails.
1: right right yeah yeah and yeah yeah
2: It is such a great feeling when from chairman, you receive a letter monthly informing them what is happening in the back. Where are we? What projects we have taken up? How we have started technology? And how this thing. So this was one very potent communication. Mail merging. That was mail merging. I remember that. And second Second was town halls, increasing number of town halls Okay, okay where yeah. I was covering large group of people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The third was the chairman's helpline.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And fourth was we had employee conclaves in the large branches where we called some behavioral scientists who will organize large group events in the city. So, collectively, it is not that we reached out to 40,000. Yeah. But I think one-fourth of the staff, I can claim, I could shake hands in three years. Right. was not a small thing. Right. And uh, uh, that employees, you know, these things have exponential impact. Let me share. Right. Yeah. And yeah. also, apart from me, my general managers and deputy general managers, in the field were advised to hold these employee conclaves and meet them. But I think the most dramatic thing that we did, as you know, in large organization, one of the most messy function is human resource, which fails to respond to the queries and and, and the problems of the employees. We totally refurbished our uh, 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 HR department.
0: I want to hold that question. One uh,
2: One of the things everyone in the bank understood that I may have a lenient view if you are not able to meet a business commitment. But I will have a very tough and nasty view if you do not respond to a communication from an employee or a customer. Every single letter as a mandate has to be responded. On
1: Amazing. One. Amazing. Which yeah. had
2: a very dramatic impact. Second, the problem solving process has to be very fast in these days of emails and telephones and all that. So I would myself, if somebody sent me, even an operating manager sent me a letter, he wanted various decisions. I will give then and their decision and fax that letter rather than Putting it to a department, and then they are putting up a note, and then they are writing a letter. Yes, depending on on the routine kind of a things. Right. So what I'm trying to say, improving agility and speed, this became yes. our competitive advantage, and we could demonstrate to the banking industry that we mm-hmm. can do things fast. For example, we developed a hundred days agenda in our morning meeting, and this hundred days agenda could demonstrate that we have arrived, that we can do things differently than public sector, that our people can rise to the occasion and deliver. Now here, what was this 100 days agenda? In this 100 days, we launched Technology Core Bank. This project was launched, not that it was implemented, but it was stagnating for a long time. So it was launched. Second. In today's time, 15 years after, you can open on a single day 1,000 ATMs, probably. But those days, it was very difficult. In the first 100 days, we opened 500 ATMs, which was at that time very difficult. In the first 100 days, we started 550 ATM to 8PM branches. This was first time any public sector bank was offering extended customer service for 12 hours. We also started 24-hour human banking in some symbolic branches. These branches will open all night.
1: Wait for hours.
2: Like a medicine, uh, uh, you know. uh, Oh, right, for medical emergencies. So, point I'm saying is we were showing to the world that we are changing. Mm. And most importantly, in the first 100 days, we rebranded today logo or the rebranded you see the bank this was the most dramatic intervention in <laughs> the history of Indian banking industry and I was warned by people I know. first 100 days this cannot be our priority when the logo. bank is on logo but I knew that unless I bring a perceptual change in the mind of right. employees. A symbolic change the of mind, yeah. Mind of customers, and it clicked very well. And for the first time in the industry, we brought Rahul Dravid, then Indian cricket captain as brand ambassador.
0: Rahul Dravid, yeah.
2: Yeah, he was brand ambassador. Of course, it put me into a lot of controversies. I was very near to losing my job, uh, but survived. Because-
0: Sorry, uh, what where is the back? I have two questions. I know you were going to tell me three projects, some perk and two more, but I have so many questions and I'm wondering if I can make this in time. My question to you today, where is Bank of Baroda? You said 9,000 branches and 100,000 employees, but in terms of turnover, in terms of revenue generation, in terms of profit creation, how far away is it from the year two thousand four?
2: It was, let me correct you, it is year 2005 when I took over, not 4. Okay. So, okay. you see, several times it is multiplied by that. Yeah,
1: several yeah. times.
2: I think about uh, uh, from the time I left, the bank is more than 5 times uh, multiplied. So, the every, every year it is. It's very difficult to know. I'm not on a uh, presenting figures and statistics and uh, yeah. diagrams. But I yeah. think for the purpose of this talk, year after year it has grown and more than that it has prepared to deal with the future it is today virtually a technology bank.
0: Now uh, my question now let's get a little personal Dr. Ramil Khandelwal. Most people have a certain set of principles within themselves. You have your own set of principles and the risk you took the steps you took to turn this bank around against uh, administrative rules against the fact that it was a sleeping giant and it was such a larger what about you as a human being besides the fact that you came from hr and then you moved them to be the head of such a large corporation what about you or your background inspired or catalyzed you to make this kind of moves. So leaders today can
2: find that in themselves. Uh, My own background is that uh, uh, in every job that I did,
1: Hmm.
2: I was concerned about three things. Yeah. The one is leaders' credibility. Okay. Your credibility moves ahead of you even right. before you are posted yeah people know who this man is right yeah and, pe- re- and people are very wise they track your past 10 years 20 years record right okay you may be posted as a chairman or ceo but they right. know who this man is It happens in right. nation's history when somebody he comes as prime minister or president right. and we know whether he will deliver or he will not deliver. Right. So I came with a background that every single job I have changed the status quo despite many, many odds I had.
0: Okay, that was one.
2: That was one that this man cannot stay with the status quo yeah. and is not in the popularity game.
0: Okay, very good. That was one of your characteristics. That a... is
2: one characteristics that I came with it. Right. Huge background, huge reputation. Yeah. Of turning around, my most testing time was in Calcutta. When I was posted general manager in Calcutta. Calcutta is the uh, you know Achilles heel of executive careers, if you know in yes. India.
0: I don't know
1: that, yeah. In
2: those days, mid-nineties, all Communism and oh, right. government and it was a theater of agitations and all that. You can just imagine that sometime in mid-80s when Bank of Aurora tried to shift staff from one branch to another, it had to face 45 days strike, industry's longest right. strike. Her when I went to Calcutta and hmm. Calcutta has been executive graveyard. That right. When you are posted in Calcutta, people phone you that it is a punishment posting. How come you have landed? <laughs> so, Calcutta was my real challenge and yeah. I completely changed. I think in my books, both Dare to Lead and CEO, Chess Master and Gardener. Uh, you may like to look at my Calcutta tenure and Calcutta brought me into limelight at the industry right. level. Otherwise, yeah. I was an HR guy. I was not qualified <laughs> to head a bank. My Calcutta performance and turnaround, complete turnaround of union-management relations, was, I think, a stepping stone for me to bring into the banking career, because subsequently to that it is government appointment. So the government then made me executive director within Bank of Baroda, and then I subsequently became chairman. So, so background and I am some sort of an intrepid leader. Who wants to change the current reality and yeah. I think leaders are there to change the current reality if they cannot they are merely glorified executives
1: mm. okay.
0: so it's really a changed world especially after the pandemic uh, there is an uh, atmosphere of fear globally People are working. People are feeling a little bit enthused that times have changed. but the last two years were a slap in the face of everything that we thought was right to do, short term and long term,. No? Where do you think, and how do you think leaders should face tomorrow, leaders of your caliber or leaders holding positions similar to you, similar to yours? where do should, should should they target what should they plan about tomorrow
2: well um two things hmm. one is that pandemic has brought the importance of human factor most die hard business managers they've always talked about human factor but they I think right. uh, did not demonstrate as much as one would have expected. Yeah, pandemic forced almost uh, everyone in organization to look at human factor a little more seriously, mm. and uh, some of the issues of empathy and compassion. Yes, sir. You know, the, 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 one could see the tapestry of some of these issues like empathy and compassion. The impact uh, and the
0: value of them.
2: Impact and, and value. And, and, and the So I, I think the major dramatic change that has taken place is, of course, one of my leadership code has always been tough love. Tough on performance and compassion for people. They don't yeah. work in isolation. Toughness on performance without compassion is as much dysfunctional as mere compassion without insisting performance.
1: Very good, yeah,
2: so tough love uh, uh, yeah. is 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 something that I think would guide leaders right. now that performance is important, but without compassion, without empathy, without the fabric of this softness, without uh, humanity, within organization, we won't be creating organizations which are resilient. Yeah. Which can be trusted, hmm. which can face adversity like
0: the, the pandemic.
2: Pandemic. So that is
0: one. You said empathy has become come to the forefront and you're calling it tough luck. Anything else for today's leaders? Given that even technology is changing so rapidly and the style of work has moved out from offices. Today half the world. Still is working in a hybrid format. How is that going to be a pain or a boon to bringing about change
2: by leaders? Look here hybrid working is fine.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Uh,
2: Wherever it works, it is fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, It is for individual industry to see. But I think the physical contact is very necessary. I'm not saying either or their organizations depending on their needs and structure they may follow this but i think most important thing for leaders to remain relevant is their capacity to learn continuously and reverse learning reverse mentoring learning from juniors learning from specialists learning from subordinates learning from customers i think there was a time where leadership position was seen as victoria terminus of learning that we have learned everything and now we are the boss and ah. we have to now but,
0: by the way by the way uh, ladies and gentlemen listening into this podcast victoria terminus is one of the biggest local subway stations in mumbai and it's called vt built by the English way back in the 19th century. So, <laughs> Victoria Terminus is that place. Thank you very much. That is funny, sir.
2: And, and yeah. that is no lines beyond Victoria Terminus. That means then the yeah. sea starts. So, there is no Victoria Terminus of learning. <laughs> okay, Learning has to extend continuously. Mm. And new leaders of the market, if they are mm. holding big positions, they got, to be learning and creating a learning environment because mm. modern corporations are like universities where Absolutely. one would find more learning, education, research and that is how right. knowledge, knowledge will be multiplied.
0: Right, right. You know, uh, sir uh, Khandilwar, remember you came to the Philippines 14 or 15 years ago and uh, prior to that, uh, there were these conversations, especially in the Asian Institute of Management. This, How do we bring industry into the academy. how do you bring the industrial knowledge into the academy? and that was always a struggle because industry was changing way faster than the academicians could catch up but this is a fabulous point that today industries themselves can become academies so that's a really good point for leaders to think about dr khandewalji uh, we have used up our given time and i've enjoyed every bit uh that I've heard from you every minute that has been spent with you. And I'm sure that people who will drop into this podcast in a week or two from now will love it. And I'd like to end this session with the last question. Is there anything that uh, is on your mind and heart that you want to please add about transformative leadership today? Anything that you feel will be a cherry on top of the cake that you
1: have placed before us today, sir.
2: I think the most important thing for transformative leadership will not be obsession with performance. I often say the business of CEO is not to do business. It (laughs) is to create an edifice of intangibles that can drive the business. So it is the intangibles that will drive the tangibles. So, if you have got organization on the edifice of people, leadership, culture, governance, right. technology, right. brand, right. ethics. Now, if you have created an architecture of intangibles, tangibles will follow.
0: All in place. Fabulous. Fabulous. Thank you. Perfect. Beautiful, beautiful ending. And I'd like to create a quick analogy on analogy on that one. Is that in my business, where I'm a trainer, speaker, and I'm a coach, uh, I don't talk about teaching. We talk about creating a learning environment. Yes. yes. Where people who come into the crucible, uh, crucible, as you mentioned, that they begin to learn on their own. And that is the journey. Sir Kandilvalji, Dr. Kandilvalji, this has been an absolute pleasure. I mean, these stories and the history of Bank Baroda and what you did with the 40,000 people who are now 100,000 people has been amazing uh please do give me permission to invite you one more time on this podcast in the future and maybe on a subject matter that will kind of be a step up or a step away from what we just discussed so thank you very much and if you have any words to say any thank you
2: Raju I have enjoyed every second of this podcast so, yeah you've been a great i've known you from philippine days although it was a short saga of glorious intoxication at that time yeah but i think over the years we have discovered each other and it has been fantastic talking to you you know and no, i'll be very happy to talk to you again
0: okay so thank you so much you're a, it's a blessing to be in your presence thank so you so there you go ladies and gentlemen the, gentlemen that was dr Anil K. the wall of Formerly of Bank of Baroda, now an author consultant. Two books, Dare to Lead and CEO, Chessmaster/slash Gardener. You can find these on Amazon. And until next time, this is your podcast, The and Guide. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please click like and share. And I'm your host, Raju Mandi. And until next time, adios and mabuhay. Namaskar. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you, thank you sir. There you go. I hope you enjoyed the Sage and Guide podcast. And if it was helpful to you, the most helpful thing you can do is leave a review below and then like and share it with your friends. Your reviews and your sharing will keep this podcast alive and going. It has been a pleasure talking to you. My name is Raju Mandian. I'm a speaker trainer coach based in the Philippines. And if you ever need my services, please look me up at www mandian.com. I'm also available on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. Other than that, adios and mabuhay.